Fred and Frit, Fred and Frit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. We're glad you're with us. It's our first one for this weekend. Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. How the world has changed since, <laughs> we, since we were last together. That's right. The Carolina Panthers lost another game. That's, that's, isn't, that, are, isn't that what you thought I meant? <laughs> are they truly the worst team in football? I don't know. As a Raiders fan, I appreciate the Panthers so much. You just don't know. <laughs> you just yeah, don't know. Like, in Alabama, they say, thank God there's Mississippi. Is that, yeah, is that it's, yeah. Kind of, it's kind of the same thing, kind of yeah. the same vibe. Yeah. So I, I got I to tell you a, a quick story about uh, being taken too literally. This can happen. So I was uh, out of town over the weekend. I was at a wedding in in florida in the panhandle actually not that far from alabama and mississippi and you know how you're when you're at a wedding uh there's all these people there you don't know them i mean you've never met these people they're they're your relatives or friends you know you're sitting around eating breakfast at the that's right the hampton inn free breakfast and we're all sitting we're all sitting around there and Someone walks over the table. I don't know who this guy was, one of the people in the in the wedding. He says, does anybody need anything from Walmart? And I can tell they're serious. They're going to Walmart. So I said, I really need a Kit Kat bar. I mean, oh. I need a Kit Kat bar. Give me a break. Wait, Give wait, me a make break. Make it even worse. I said, could you get me one of those giant ones? Oh. And these are people that are not familiar with your level or brand of sarcasm. Yeah, because that is sophisticated comedy. Yeah, you're yeah you're going to another level there. And sure enough, yeah, giant Kit Kat bar. Yeah, got it for me. <laughs> uh, give me a break! Give me a break! It was good. It was good. I bet, I bet it was. It's uh, delicious. Did you did you enjoy your stay? In the Florida Panhandle, I, can I? You know, I've never been to that part of the country. Nor have I. I can't even say I've never been on I ten no. across that. I, I really haven't. And uh, uh, again, you know, you go to a, a wedding from out of town. You know, you, you get out at the airport. You go to where you're needing to go, and you know, you don't really see the the area. So you have to get your your impression. So we were in Destin, Destin, Florida destined and uh i will say this and you've read these 10 best beaches in america 50 best beaches in the world yeah and, and that area comes up sometimes but it does i'm not going there <laughs> the, the i'm not the first person to say this the sand on the beach in that part of florida is so beyond fantastic compared to anything you've ever been on. I don't care where you've been. I don't care whether you've been to Hawaii. I don't care. I, I don't care where you've been. It is like sugar. It is white. It is clean. There are no shells. There are no stones. There is none of that shit. There's no seaweed. It's perfect. And it's 250 feet out to the water. And it's really nice. It's very nice. And, I will just, I'm first one to it. We have to take another vacation. We'll decide how this goes. 
I would consider going there in spite of the fact that the governor of the state of Florida is Ron DeSantis. Who yeah. I didn't see. He wasn't around over the weekend. So yeah. That's, I, I was wondering if you like ran, ran home and said, Jane, we got to go here. Let me start planning. Let me get a verbo. Let me get a. I didn't uh, say that, but I'm just telling you. Yeah. Just between you and me that if you like being on a beach. This is it. This is the beginning and the end of your discussion. If that's the most important thing to you, it's that nice. So. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, except I, one guy took this giant dump. Well, I mean, half on the beach. Yeah, kind of ruined it. And, uh, it's perfect. Right, that's, that, 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 that's that's a little personal note from the weekend. That's a little. No, when 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 we last were meeting, uh, you know, everybody had uh, had the speaker of the house fever. We got to figure yeah. out who the speaker of the house is. What's the speaker of the house? And and as you point out, that's that's way and nobody's really talking much about that right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, now everyone's a Mid East expert again. Don't you love it? Everyone becomes a Middle East scholar they they know everything about it and i think i sent you some some text messages i uh i know two people in israel right now too um and uh one guy is one of our old camp roosevelt buddies jeff zucker and i look to see where his town is that he's in and he's a little place about looks like it's about 10 miles north east of tel aviv right which probably doesn't mean anything because the whole country was was under siege right it doesn't you know, there's no safe no in, in, a, in a in a small country like that sure yeah you're, you're not going to be safe i know uh, i know one other one other guy but uh it's it's really it, it's really terrible um I was uh, I was thinking, and I guess this uh, did come to fruition over the weekend in terms of of the coverage. Of which, as far as television, of course, again, when you're at a on a on a trip and you're at a wedding, you're not spending much time in in front of uh, in front of television. But I was thinking, uh oh, this could be a thing here on MSNBC because I know MSNBC has several. Um, Middle East ethnic anchors. Mm-hmm. And uh, under normal circumstances, they're just the standard MSNBC liberalism. They just right. are. Right. They get it. They're all on board. They, they're they there. Um, but when it comes to Israel and the Palestinians and terrorism and whose land is it anyway... Wasn't that a wasn't that a movie? Who was that? It was a TV show. Um, yeah, Drew Carey. Um, sometimes your your truth to your own liking comes out, and uh, MSNBC has three names, three anchors. If you watch that network, you'll know who I'm talking about: Ali Velshi, Mehdi Hassan, and uh, Aman Mohadin. And uh, they are all. They are all Muslims. They're all Americans now. Um, but they were definitely in various forms on the both sides ism. 
I can understand why this happened. Yeah. Fudging it, hedging it, <coughs> which is really, really interesting to hear that. And then this morning, Jonathan Greenblatt, the head of the, the uh, Anti-Defamation League, came on that network and said, who writes these guys' scripts? And the answer is clear. They write their own scripts, and they're free to say what they want, and you're free not to agree with them. Now, this is a good test for the management of MSNBC. Are they going to cave in if, in fact, there is lots of complaining about giving some quarter to saying that, and you can hedge it all you want. Well, of course, so you shouldn't take women and children hostage and you shouldn't murder people who are going to a music. Nobody could support that. But as soon as you put the word but in there, right, right, you, you, you're open up. So uh, if MSNBC tries to clamp down on those three guys talking about the issue that way, then what happens? Then they will get accused. The network will of being no better than Fox. They're the same as, that's what they do. They make their people say the same things or else next thing you know, you're Chris Wallace, you're Shepard Smith, you're gone. Yeah. Um, I think it would be to their credit as much as I disagree with giving some quarter to the idea that there was a justification for a terrorist attack the likes of which we haven't seen. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I, I, I was injecting Trump in there, who, of course, immediately had to say, if I was president, this would have never happened. Thank mm. you, assface. Well, the good news is he's back to being pissed off about not being on the richest Americans list, and he's railing at right. Forbes. He's, so. Brit, he's got so many irons in the fire. How, how do you stay outraged over so many injustices to, to yourself? <laughs> as, the, as the world is worried about the loss of life and a war in the Middle East, which can impact us and the planet in so many different ways, right. he's bitching because he's not on his vanity list. That's right. great. Right. Um, I can't remember who I heard say it this morning. The view of Hamas, the view of Hezbollah, the view of Iran, is that the entire country of Israel is occupied territory <laughs> by the Israelis. It isn't just settlements. The entire country is an occupied settlement that needs to be taken back. Right. Or, in other words, wiped off the face of the earth. And I, you know, that's a really simplistic but elegant way of saying what Israel is always up against. Right. And I find it really fascinating that a loathsome person, uh, MBS, uh, Ben Salman over there in Saudi Arabia, was getting closer and closer and closer, and say what you want about him, he's not a stupid person, to realizing that Economic ties with Israel, which is really the only modern country in the Middle East, right? It's really mm -hmm. the only one. Mm -hmm. Would be really, really good for his country. So they were moving closer and closer and closer. And the arch enemy, Iran, is backing through all kinds of weaponry and intelligence the 
various terrorist groups in the area, Hamas, Hezbollah, name them all. And they thought maybe the deal was getting yeah, pretty close to possibly happening, that we were going to have a Camp David Accords kind of moment, that this was this is really going to, and maybe, I guess that's con, one of the contributing factors, most people say. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, currency to that one. Um, but what I think more is that this should be, but it won't, this should be the most real-time, actual lesson you can learn by watching and listening and seeing for the United States to see what happens when a sophisticated, well-educated, rich society divides against itself and politically starts to melt down under creeping authoritarianism, you can call it fascism if you want, and a a beginning of the dismantling of the judicial system and other institutions. That's Israel. But we're right there with them, aren't we? So we you are right there with them. And so I think that's the combination of the two things. You say Israel that you, you, and Saudi Arabia may be getting too close to yeah. some kind of accord. And the weakness of the political system in the country weakening the defenses and them getting too complacent with what everybody's thought now for at least 50 years, which is you don't fuck with Israel. You fuck right. with Israel. First of all, they're going to know what you're doing to them before you do it, and you're going right. to lose. Well, that's all gone out the window, right? The invincibility of Israel as a military power right now is... By the way, what's going on with the United States? That's what Vladimir Putin is saying about us. We're going to give up about Ukraine. Oh, this is a great time to give up on Ukraine now because we certainly can't support two democratic and one a budding, actually one's a budding democratic society, Ukraine. We can't do two at once. We can't do that. We can't, we can't afford it. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And we will. <laughs> so that's, that's what I, that's what I've got out of the weekend so far without us trying to talk about individual atrocities on TV. Uh, just because of the way I've lived my life the last three days, this has not been a TV war for me at all. Right. And I almost feel like it's, it's an advantage to not be skewed by what they want to tell you. It's easier to, to read about it, stop, digest it, move on to another article in various publications. So there you so go. What do you, you, you do feel like this is a huge part of the story is uh, Netanyahu being on the Trump train, being authoritarian and taking every opportunity to divide the Israeli people. Yep. Yeah. Now, boy, the, I guess the conspiracy theory is this is really crazy that Netanyahu, he kind of wanted this rally around the flag I want to convict him now and throw him out of office again. This is all he's got. Uh, that's cynical to the whatever power you want to make it exponentially climb to. But I doubt that that's true because 
he has as much to lose politically right now as he did before this happened. He yeah, really- but he's also he, he's also kind of given up the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> You know, at this point, it's difficult to to kind of go. Ah, I don't know. And again, I'm on. I'm on. I'm with you. I don't think that there's any way possible. That he's like, boy, this is a great. Yeah. But I, I also think that it's kind of like, yeah, you, you're kind of. This is the bed you made in a way. Well, and as bad as 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 bad a guy as I think he he is, he doesn't hate his circumstance enough to sacrifice his entire country for it, which by the way, again, that makes him not quite as shitty as Trump because I think Trump <laughs> is ready. To, he's ready to do anything, but uh, uh, keep in mind that the reason that he uh, called for the execution of uh, general Milley is because there was a, a fear that was running through the upper echelons of uh, non Trumpers in the Trump administration and members of the military, the Trump in those last few days might try to start something. Yeah. And so Millie gets on the phone with the full knowledge of and permission of the defense department. That's the civilian control arm of our government over the military to call us cut the shit and tell them <laughs> relax. If, if uh, clown stick von fuckface tries to start a nuclear war, it ain't gonna happen. You don't yeah. have to worry. We got we got your back, Mister Mister uh, Chinese military guy. And um, so, so I don't think we're that far behind uh, Israel. And uh, I don't think that that Netanyahu again. I, I hope I'm pretty sure that Israel has the kind of checks and balances from within its military to make it impossible for the prime minister to get members of the military below him to turn their backs on the defense of the country explicitly. I think they got taken. They got taken. Uh, uh, Apparently what has been going on is this, um, this kind of benign neglect over what was going on in Gaza with with Hamas, and for a couple years things had sort of calmed down. They had some flare-ups, but you know this is the this is the status quo. It sucks, but it sucks less than all the uh, other alternatives, and, and they're not going to start anything. It's not worth it for them, and they got back on their heels. Meantime, I guess uh, Hamas built a a village on purpose that they could attack, you know, a practice village. Yeah. And apparently the Israelis knew about this and they thought, well, well, they're, they're doing this not for any real reason that they're going to actually follow through, but they were just, this is what they do. It's, it's like uh, people dressing up and practicing civil war in the United States from the 1860s. (laughs) Now, if that sounds stupid, well, of course it is. It is. Um, but there's, there's, uh, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to be sad about. But sometimes, if you want to look at it optimistically, at the end of bad things, there has to be an end, and there has to be a resolution. And maybe, maybe it'll, it'll uh, uh, turn better. But I think in the meantime, 
that little area of the world, that, that Gaza Strip, which I guess is the most densely populated place on Earth, right? There are 2 million people crammed into, I think it's an, it's an area the, uh, the size of Manhattan. It's really small. Right. Um, it's, it's above our pay grade, Brit. To solve well, this one. Oh no! I mean, look, it's was it? There, but there was no, there was no specific incident that precipitated this, other than you know, five thousand years. There was really nothing. <laughs> well, no, well, the well, if the daytime temperature stays over ninety-seven degrees Fahrenheit for three days in a row, um, then yeah, you have to. Well, they, they don't need an excuse, but the, you know, the why did they do it? Um, why did they do it exactly now? Yeah. And, uh, how did they do it? Well, and, and you know what I think the, my first thought when I heard this is in this, in our country, there are people who are begrudgingly in admiration of a sneak attack. Mm-hmm. And remember in its own way, January 6th was a sneak attack. In a way, although all the signs were there, as we've now well, known. <laughs> that's what that's what's being said now yeah, yeah. about what just happened yeah. in Israel over the weekend. And who is it? This is a tough one, Britt. Think hard before you answer. Don't give the you know don't don't make a fool of yourself. Who is it that commits atrocities in public on purpose so that you can't accuse him of committing atrocities because if they're <laughs> In public, how could they be atrocities? Go, go. Think about this one hard. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's him. I mean, that's been the Trump shtick the whole time, right? Well, it's there's a lot there. I mean, you you establish bad behavior, and then at the baseline, so that you become and and you give them not only quality and quantity, so you become used to it, so that when, as you point out, the Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman is threatened with death. It registers among some people, but other people are like, oh, yeah. that's just him. That's exactly. That's just you people. You can't. And you have no sense of humor. And <laughs> No, you're not. You're, you're not wrong about that. Um, the. Some of the, the Democratic politicians who have been um, less than intelligent in their remarks publicly. You, any thoughts on that? Some of the members of the squad. Well, that. You can throw them in with the uh, three, the three guys at MSNBC, um, showing showing sympathy for the Palestinian cause, the terrorist cause, the Hamas cause, in effect, the Iranian cause against the great Satan. It's just what kind of language are you using? And it's equivalent. Well, the chickens have come home to roost. Has anybody said that one yet? God. It's, I, I just, I find it all to be, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you can be sympathetic to the Palestinian cause and the plight of the Palestinian people. You truly can without supporting Hamas. There's a way to do that. Those two it's things. Brit, it's a fine line. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's a tough one. I know that's incredibly simplistic. I get it. I didn't go to the finest schools. I didn't work as hard as I should have when I was studying. But there, there really is a way to do this without 
Well, and, and I'm sorry, fucking up our country because we're, people last week saw in this country how unserious the Republican Party is and how they, they're not ready to govern. They're not trying to govern. And now, guess who's not talking about that right now? There's about 320 million people that are not talking oh, about oh, that wait, right wait, now. Wait, wait, Oh, So they, they invaded Israel because they're uh, actually – card-carrying members of the United States Republican Party, and they wanted to take the emphasis. I like that. It's not, it's not that, but certain things have happened, and now, you again, no, nobody's talking about uh, poor Kevin McCarthy, and God, that was such a shit show last week. They're, they're talking about these guys who were well, handing... Well, this is, this is going to be a couple days of that, but don't worry. Don't worry. The uh, Republican conference is uh, still as screwed up as... It ever was nothing. Nothing changes as we're not talking about it for for a few days here. Um, that's it, that's the part. Oh, and by the this is a great one. I love this story. Um, you know, we've committed. I mean, we we you know we give more money to the military of Israel than any other country in the world. In second place, by the way, is Egypt. Mm. For those of you who do that kind of counting. Um, and I think that uh, some military assets, including ships, have been moved over there. But right now, there is a little bit of problem with uh, our military, and it's a uh, courtesy of your favorite ex Auburn football coach, yeah, Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, uh, they're sending over some more munitions, but there is no naval operations commander right now. Thank you, yeah. Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. God. And this isn't even a case of, uh, I told you so. And everybody said, you know, it's not good to have a sprawling military without leaders because it takes a lot of thought to figure that one out, right? Who knew? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that there might be a time where you would need leaders in your military at the highest level. Well, this is one of them, <laughs> Tommy. But don't worry. You stand your ground. You make sure that. One young woman who's 19 years old and is signed on to defend the Constitution of the United States as a member of the U.S. military who gets pregnant, you stand your ground and you make sure that she's unable to leave that base and head to another state where abortions are legal. Taxpayer money for that? Are you kidding, Tommy? God bless you. You're a good man. Thank you so much for standing up for what is right. That should be that. By the way, that's the one the Democrats cannot scream about enough that that asshole is continuing to do this. And it does affect our military readiness. And they should say that every opportunity they get from the highest mountaintop. Well, see, but Brit, if Trump was president, we wouldn't have to talk about this because, yeah. Uh, the rest of the world was it was afraid to move one inch for four years because of the wrath of of Donald Trump. Don't you know that? Don't you understand that? Well, it's not only that. He was the greatest president ever to Israel. I mean, look, moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Look, they're how, talking about that today. That's all they're talking about in Israel look, today, Britt. Look how helpful that is right now. Right now, there's nothing that's been greater for Israel than. You know, I uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw in a little bit of uh, cynicism here. You know the bit. Well, obviously, 
person who's loving this is is Putin. You got to think that, at least for now. But this could come back at him, as many things do. If he thinks it's so fantastic that uh, the United States, which has been uh, so supportive of Ukraine with both uh, arms and with money, uh, is just we can't handle two things at once if uh, Israel were to need more armaments. Although you would think after after supplying them for decades with all kinds of things, they'd have some uh, stuff back in their B storage warehouse location that uh, they, they could call on. Okay. <laughs> you mean the B storage that also has a wine cellar? Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think that's where they keep them. Yeah. Uh, although in Israel, it's bet storage, B-E-T. <laughs> It's not spelled B-E-E. Thank you. you see, see what I did there? <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah, not, not very good. Um, yeah, uh, he, to hear him. Push, so Putin, I think Putin, Putin may have outsmarted himself here because, you know, if, this, this, if we had a normal country, okay, I guess I shouldn't even keep talking because we don't. Yeah, yeah. If we had a normal country, what's happening in Israel would help, would underscore the importance of, of supporting our best allies, right? The uh, democratic countries, or the would-be democratic countries, who've shown the predilection to become democrat, we would be helping them more, not pulling back and saying, well, "What about our southern border?" and things like that. Why don't we spend all the money down there? Because, as you know, Britt, the real problem with our southern border is we don't spend enough money. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, the lack, lack the of Republicans, resources. they love to just say, if we just spend more money on X, it would be solved. Right? Isn't that weird? Because all, all my life when I was growing up, it was like liberals just like to throw money at a problem. And now it's 180 degrees flip. The Republicans can't throw enough money at the border. They cannot spend and, and grab and put enough money uh, at the border. I think that's that's interesting. Uh, but what, what about the idea that perhaps Iran was in cahoots and plotting with Hamas in this whole situation? Well, you know, they're they're very clever at helping, financing, training, but not leaving their fingerprints overtly. Uh, they're the they're the mullahs of uh, plausible deniability, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's probably important and probably w- would be very prudent to wait till there's explicit explicit evidence, and then you know point the finger at at the appropriate parties here. Because um, again, and we see this with all kinds of shocking events. I guess there are people that think that you get extra points for mouthing off the soonest <laughs> about anything. Well, and I, you know, we're, we're here, we're, we're podcasting, but I, I would be, I'm, I'm comfortable with saying it's most likely it's almost impossible to believe that Iran wasn't involved here because where does, where does Hamas 
get their money? Are they are they winning lotteries all over the world? No. Are they are they gambling? No. Are they winning? Are they betting football and throwing the money back into yeah, armaments? They, they've got way, some. Are they? Yeah. Do they have a an arms building industry in the no. Gaza Strip that we don't know about? Are they building no. the shit over there and then lobbing it to Israel? Of course not. Again, when again we're talking benefit of the doubt, <laughs> and Iran has long. Uh, they, they they've given up we've given up the bit for the doubt on well, those I, guys I was thinking about jimmy carter yeah. laying there yeah possibly even on his deathbed but who knows yeah um and you know he is the president in modern times who is a still alive to be the human connection back to the original problems with uh iran in the in the late 20th century in 1979 mm-hmm. And uh, the hostages are grabbed, and uh, Jimmy Carter decided to not declare war on Iran, even though they had committed an act of war. There's not an argument. Yeah, uh, you're not allowed to take diplomats hostage from another country just illegally, and we could have declared, and we didn't, and uh, we finally got them all out. But at at great cost and it hasn't gotten any better since then i don't think you want to make the argument that jimmy carter should have uh, sent us into a full-scale war against iran over the hostages or that we should have tried some kind of miraculous rescue mission that's not going to work that didn't that wouldn't have worked and we sit here now with what is it uh, uh, at least 120 who knows how many hostages they're holding right now and because there have been so many decades that have passed of hostages being grabbed hostages being exchanged prisoners of war same thing these terrorist groups have gotten more cynical and more sophisticated about it all the time and this could be the the uh, crowning achievement of that style of trying to get what you want, grabbing innocent women, innocent children, innocent babies, and if you don't kill them, you spread them out in in your land all over the place, and you dare, in this case uh, Israel, to try to uh, surgically rescue them without killing tons and tons of uh, innocent civilians on their side, and then who's the bad guy? And we have to deal with this. Hor- this is my most dreaded word when something like this comes up. You ready? Proportionality. Always. Okay. That's and always I'm, the I'm game. Sure the three guys on, on MSNBC will be happy to explain yeah. how Israel is acting so out of proportion right. to what happened here by saying, we're going to go in Gaza right now. And we're just going to kick ass and we're calling up 300,000 reservists. Think of, Think of how many people that is in a country, what, it was about 5 million or so. That's the equivalent in our country of calling up, oh, God, about 20 million people as reservists, right? Slightly right. under 10% of the population. So we're going to call up 20 million people instantly to uh, go handle what's going on on the Mexican border. You know, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. But this is the problem. Yeah. They could have um, thir- they could have thirty million people, and if the hostages are scattered about 
in hospitals, in schools, in mosques. And they're also right next to where the terrorists store their weapons and we're going to take out the weapons. Oh, we took out children and women. Uh, you, you know the story. Then This is the worst. This is the worst hostage situation probably the world will ever have seen. This is worse than Iran in 79 because as bad as that was, we knew where they were, right? Mm-hmm. And we knew that they weren't really in danger of, of, of being killed unless the Iranians just decided to kill them. And uh, it was real clear that if a rescue mission was attempted, they would be killed. But to me, as bad as that was, and it was, I mean, look, Ted Koppel owes his whole career to that. We know that. <laughs> America held hostage, day 246. I'm yeah. Ted Koppel, and this is constipation. Oh, God, it hurts. Nightline. People, that, for you for you history buffs, that is that's how what became Nightline. Nightline. Still exists to this day, ladies and gentlemen. Barely, <laughs> uh, and that's Barely. that's your that's your Putin connection. If Putin is pulling the strings on Iran and funding them and and razzing them, and that you know that's that there's your Putin connection right there. How, as how, far as how does Putin uh, finance anybody, he can't even he can't even finance. <laughs> You can't even finance a bus ticket to Vladivostok. Okay? I'm always wondering, and I'm I'm always hoping that maybe some crypto guy will rip him off. I'm just uh, hoping, but it, it just doesn't seem to happen. Brit, I, I hate to interrupt you, but I know you wanted to talk about your Israeli Hamas thing in order to avoid the big story of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Well, leaving leaving the party and yeah. running as an independent. And now we have to go through the tedious, painful, and horrendous nonstop discussion of which candidate, if it's Trump and Biden, does he pull from? And does he, he actually, hurt more? Yeah. Yes. I love it. Oh, over almost, and over and over. Again. Almost anybody that shares DNA with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. immediately denounced his run as an independent. And why is he running as an independent? Because he's a massive attention whore and nobody was paying attention to him when he was running as a Democrat. And he's he may be a bigger attention whore than Matt Gates. It may be one two. That may be your battle of the century as far as attention whores, right there. Now here, all right, ready. Here is the here is the optimistic view of this. As bad a dude and crazy a guy as I think Robert F. Kennedy is, what if he does this, and he's actually able to get on ballots in enough states to make some kind of difference and cause there to be margins of victory or loss by Joe Biden that appear to be significant. So at the last minute, at the last minute, he pulls out and says, vote for Biden, vote for the Democrat. I've done research and I don't want Donald Trump to be the next president because I don't think he wants Donald Trump to be the next. As bad a dude, he doesn't want Trump. And so therefore, uh, those independents listen to him because he's their guru and it ends up helping Biden a lot and he wins. Now that's not going to happen, but I was drinking heavily about an hour ago and I, <laughs> I came up with that optimistic view, but I don't think that's true. He's, he, as he said yet, a minute to win it. No, excuse me. I'm in it to win it. <laughs> By the way, if you've never heard Robert F. Kennedy speak, just watch the Simpsons. Mayor Quimby 
is a Kennedy. Well, His voice has been a Kennedy. It will always be a Kennedy voice, which if, I love. If I love. Uh, if Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If Mayor Quimby gargled with with gasoline on a regular basis, yeah, that would be that would be it for sure. Uh, I mean, it is the nihilism vote for sure. I mean, if you're the "Hey, fuck this thing, burn it to the ground" guy, maybe he is a better choice than Trump is for you. I don't know, uh, but but Trump see, seems- that's a, that's an optimistic view because what you're really saying is he's a bigger dick than Trump, but he's a Kennedy, so I can vote for him yeah. and say that I didn't vote for Biden. So you're right. That so if that's because didn't you see the the headlines over the weekend that the Republicans are in panic <laughs> over so RFK? So. Of course, you got to wonder: is that disinformation on purpose? Or is that really, really true that they've already done their number crunching and that a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. candidacy really does hurt Trump more than Biden? And if you just look at it as a continuum of crazy, okay, continuum of crazy, is RFK Jr. more able to attract the crazy vote than Trump? Or do you think that they're about equal i think trump's uh, to me trump feels much more powerful in terms of ability to right ability to to, yeah to to penetrate the zeitgeist and everything else well i'm 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 with you on that but we're talking about hundreds maybe thousands of votes in a lot of places that if they move in a certain direction can can change everything because he comes into this no matter what we think of him, with a lot better name recognition than Jill Stein or Gary Johnson or any of those people. And, Britt, we know that the stupidity of the American people should never be underestimated when it comes to making decisions on things like voting at the presidential level. Because, Britt, it's not about policy. It's about emotion. It's about how people feel uh, about you. And... If that's true, I think the Republicans do have more to fear than than Joe Biden. Maybe. I, I think they do. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I Maybe he's the guy you vote for if you like nihilism, but you're not terribly comfortable with white supremacy. Maybe that if I, I, I like I, I like nihilism. Light. OK, that's my guy. I'm with you. I'm <laughs> I, I'm there with you. You you have to pick your disgraceful outrage. That you are in support of and decide which guy represents you as your disgraceful outrage candidate more than than the other. So I I'm not I I I'm not terribly worried about him. Maybe that's extremely naive given the you know the name that you just mentioned, Jill Stein. Um I hope and remember her margin was the one that cost I'm, in the three states. I'm very we, aware. We I, I would hope that isn't the, it amazing, Britt, how no one ever talks about that? Well, that's one of those. How come they never say that? Um, I, I would hope that there are people in power in the Democratic Party who have learned from that whole situation. <laughs> I believe that was a very difficult, well-earned lesson uh, going back to you know 2016. So I hope that there are people who have learned that won't let that happen again. I don't know. I, I the more he's he's sort of like another side of Ron DeSantis. The more you get to know RFK Jr., the more you dislike him. When he gets out there and he starts that, making, that's not true. That is not true. You'll like me more. 
And then you start scratching the surface and it's, you know, it's Pfizer and Moderna trying to kill the world. And it's, you know, it's all that shit. So it's, it's, I, I don't know. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'll, I'll, we'll go out on this note because a lot of people are in this country, as you say, or rather myopic, whatever, uh, this situation in the Middle East right now, this war, uh, does have the ability to spike the price of gasoline, at least in the short term, according to ex- experts. Again, nobody knows nothing. How do you see this impacting? I'm, I'm really disappointed in you. I'm so di- I can't believe <laughs> yeah. that you you'd use gasoline as the avatar for the problems, the ancillary ones that will be caused by this. I can't believe you didn't go with what about the WWE and uh, their their buddy <laughs> with yeah, deal with Saudi Arabia. I'm very yeah. very and, I'm- and same with golf. Well, yeah. I can't believe Mr. Sports. Mr. Everything, that you left that on the table. I am disappointed. I'm I'm terribly worried that Vince McMahon won't be able to pocket a few hundred more million dollars. It does keep me awake at night. Uh, But the price of gasoline is something that people grouse and bitch and moan about uh, a lot in the short term and possibly in the long term. Again, no one knows nothing. This could be something that affects the average American who, I don't know, drives to work. And also has stuff delivered on the shelves of the grocery store near them by something that takes gas to bring it there. Well, I, uh, over the weekend, you know, I, I was wondering, I wonder, you know, of course you have to, it's not the most important thing. I was saying, well, how's this going to affect the financial markets yeah. on Monday? And I thought, well, is, is this going to be a black, black, terrible Monday? Is this going to be a flight to quality? Because the United States is still the best house in a bad neighborhood called planet earth. It's still the best place. It's mm-hmm. still the safest place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you never, you never know. And, uh, as we, as we leave here with an hour and a half to go before the markets close on Monday, everything on my screen just about is green, green, green. It's green. They say on the far side of the hill, Oh boy, new Christie minstrels. Take me away, mama.